Music theory. Interviews. Music theology. Primitive rhythm machine. Holy cow, everybody. It must be a Christmas miracle. We got Steve and me in the same studio again for an episode of Primitive Rhythm Machine. Hi, everyone. How you been doing, Steve? It's just one of those things where you don't, that we, we don't want the episode to be about that. So let's get right into, <laughs> <laughs> let's get right into our episode. Uh, All right. Well, uh, greetings aside, uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about irregular Christmas music. Um, and what I mean by irregular Christmas music is either the song is not a standard, uh, what you would consider to be a Christmas standard or the presentation wouldn't be what you would expect for a Christmas song. Uh, just Steve's giving me pitching signals here as a, <laughs> as I'm talking, <laughs> just the nods and the shake offs. Uh, so, um, and maybe some Christmas music history. Uh, so Steve, let, let, let's, let's just start out. Like how, how would you define Christmas music? <laughs> It's like trying to define like a, a Christian song or mm -hmm. anything. I mean, there's, there's just so many ways to look at it is it, it's like, is a miracle on 34th street or whatever the number is that I'm probably getting wrong. Cause I've never seen mm -hmm. the movie. No, is you're right. A, is that a Christmas movie because it has Santa Claus in it or is it not a Christian movie because it came out in July of that year or something like that? You know, it's, it's, it's like, there's so many different ways you can slice this pie that it's like slice the pie. Are we in special ops now? I, I think so. It's, it's math class more like, but you know, it's, it's like whatever, if you're talking about Christmas music, you can't come into it and say, Oh, I know what Christmas music is. And if you say, you know, grandma got run over by a reindeer isn't Christmas music because it's a parody song. It's not an actual, it's not, well, it's not a parody. First of all, it's an actual song. It's not it's really humorous, about, you know I mean? but it, it, yeah. So it's like, you can't come into it with any type of attitude. And if someone brings in, you know, Oh, well, I think, uh, cashmere is a Christmas song because you know, the, the melody is very reminiscent. To, I mean, listen to the person and, you know, try to figure out exactly what they're saying, but mm -hmm. let's not argue about what Christmas music is or isn't. I guess the only thing that wouldn't be Christmas music to me would be songs that are explicitly anti-Christian. Yeah, I could see that. I, I Personally, I've yeah. been running into the whole definition debate myself because I've been making a uh, playlist lately for the Geek Devotions uh, family. and. Uh, I'm like, okay, so what is and what isn't a Christmas song? Because I've been, you know, I was, there's, there's been moments in my lifetime where I've gone to churches where people would be like, oh, well, this song isn't about the nativity. It's got nothing to do with the reason for Christmas. And thus it is not a Christmas song. And that that's what sparked the whole question. Like what defines a Christmas song? Is it something that's about the birth of Christ or it, can it be a song that is about a Christmas an experience that happened during the Christmas season. Yeah. Or something uh, and, that is like cultural Christianity. I mean, that's right. Part of Christmas, <laughs> sadly enough, but that's, right. you know, that's what we have. 
and and so it 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 really kind of stretches that out there like do we have to do we have to be like uh like the like music subgenres and start adding sub definitions to subgenres to christian music like this isn't nativity christmas this is cultural christmas <laughs> music or is it a situation christmas? black christmas music is it, it it's a uh, thing <laughs> maybe uh I meant like white metal and black metal. You know how people. No, no, no. I, I got you. I got nothing you. Nothing but... to do with skin color. But what I just no, said I know, but terribly racist. Just... We can edit that I... post. <laughs> I'm not gonna because it gave me a great idea to start searching Kirk Franklin's back catalog to add to my Christmas, <laughs> my Christmas playlist. I saw I I saw him during the Thanksgiving parade. I didn't even know he was still making music. Yeah, I think he doesn't stop. Oh, God bless the guy. He's got a mission, and boy, is he on it um so i think i think with that with that said though when i when i'm throwing out christmas music to you dear sweet listener that's the definition i'm working with is it either is about the nativity or it's about experiences during the christmas season or or anything or anything that could be because to be perfectly honest I don't, I don't have enough hairs to split at this point. It's just like, <laughs> I'd rather argue about other things than mm-hmm. what is or isn't Christmas music. Like, uh, you know, the color of the coffee cup I get at Starbucks. You get stuff at Starbucks. <laughs> uh, still praying for you, bro. <laughs> Uh, I live in Washington state. It's like, man, it's, it's mandatory that I go to Starbucks like three times a week. I guess know? that's like Dunkin' Donuts here. We don't have those here. I know. So there you go. But no, I was more making the call back to the whole fiasco about the red Starbucks cup for Christmas. It's just like, ugh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <sighs> and the only reason why that sticks out in my mind is the pastor I was under at the time like that was his life goal it's just like this is not important (laughs) um but i digress we're not here to talk about dumb things to argue about we're here to talk about christmas music which is a smart thing to argue about um yes the the smart thing smrt smart um so what really kind of sent me down this rabbit ch- trail initially was there's a Christian death grind band called mangled carpenter who re-released their Christmas album signed. And I got it and I'm like, wow, this is pretty brutal music for Christmas, but Christian bands and some secular bands have been doing this for years. Um, like going back to, uh, well, jingle bell rock was an irregular Christmas song at one point in time. Yeah. Um, and some might even say that it was uh, controversial because, uh, rock and roll used to be considered the devil's music. And, uh, I think it was about the time frame when it was originally released by the original artist, whom I don't know who that was initially. Jingle bell rock was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy, <laughs> that one guy, yeah. uh, what, Let's see what our co-host Google has to say about it. Um, Bobby Helms originally I was about back, to say. back in 1957. Um, 
so rock rock and roll had only been a music for less than a decade because the first rock and roll song was rock around the clock by bill haley and the comets in 1949 and see we could argue about that as well <laughs> well that's that's what's most commonly accepted as the first rock and roll song unless you dig further deeper and you get to you know the bluesy rootsy rocking and rolling type of stuff you know even from the yeah ones. but anyway this song this the episode is not about that <laughs> imagine that you and me are kind of rabbit trailing left and right about music who would have thought what? that would have happened on the, an episode of primitive rhythm machine we should do a podcast about us doing that <sighs> you anyway um <laughs> uh so Steve, you've been in the Christian music scene a little bit longer than myself. What's the, what's the longer than your life? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't think you're that much older than me. I am. I'm really old. You're not that old. Okay. Do you, do you, do you remember the late seventies? I wasn't alive in the late seventies. My point. <laughs> I remember I, things that happened before you were alive. I get that. I, I'm not. A, I'm not denying the fact that you're older than me. I'm just saying you're not that much older than me. It, it, you know, you're not old enough to be my dad. Is the point I'm making? I if I if I really wanted to be, I would have been. Okay, this that conversation is going to get gross. So let's bring it back to Christmas music. Um, let's. Uh, so what's what's the earliest? point that you can remember where you were surprised by a rendition or a new presentation of a Christmas song, you be it Christian or otherwise, where you're like, I would never have expected to see something like this. Surprised probably would have been, you know, like a Dr. Demento, mm-hmm. you know, type of a, one of those songs where he would do Christmas episodes um, and you know, I, I had the, the little transistor radio and I'd keep it under my pillow. Oh, you were you know, those so, people. So my, my parents couldn't hear what I was listening to. Um, but I mean, usually it would be like the ball game, you know, or I would be listening to a CBS radio mystery theater or something, you know, mundane, but then, you know, Sunday nights would roll along and you're like, let me just check out, see what Dr. Demento is playing. So I'm trying to think of, of if there's anything like a Christmas song that really stands out. You know, our our uh, third member, Google, is actually going to uh, uh, help me out here. Let's see. Talk to While you're doing that, that just gave me an idea for a Christmas song. Talking about Dr. Demento to put on the Christmas playlist. So thank you for that, Steve. Dr. Demento. You're welcome. The greatest Christmas novelty. Here we go. Um, all right. I'm, I'm thinking I have it, but let me just check down here. (laughs) Some of these are good. Oh boy. Um, I think maybe the first time that I was actually surprised in a Christmas song, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, Christmas songs can be fun and they're not just all, you know, just talking about the, the Christmas, the nativity or or you know, just talking about snow or whatever. I think it would be the um, uh, the the chipmunk song, you know. And oh yeah, Al- that whole Christmas, Christmas time, time is, here. is here. Yeah, and when Alvin just says, "I," you know, "I, I still want a hula hoop," and just the way he says "hula hoop" is 
I mean, you could just play that and I would laugh because it's, it's just the way he did those voices and the way he, you know, Alvin and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It made me think, you know, okay, this is, these, these are fun things. This, this can be fun and that's okay. It's, it's okay to have fun at Christmas. Um, so I think it, you know, if you're talking about like the, the first time I was like pleasantly surprised, mm-hmm. that's probably, uh, probably that one. Um, with Christian music, I think probably the one that, that jumps to mind is, uh, Deliverance is Silent Night when, you know, you just get this beautiful <clears throat> guitar intro and Jimmy's, you know, beautiful voice, you know, starting out the song and then it just, it just kicks into this monster machine through the rest of the song, but it doesn't make it, it's not a mockery of the song. Mm-hmm. It's not right. like, I mean, you get the the pun, you know, Silent Night and it's heavy metal, um, but it's just it's just good music, you know, and it's, it's just well done. And it was the type of thing where like, okay, you can, you can have heavy, hard stuff and still have it, you know, be something. It was around the same time that uh, Christian bands would put out like, like uh, hymns, heavy metal hymns. And you'd have like, you know, Baron Cross doing, you know, the old rugged cross or whatever, you know, and it, it would just be these, this heaviness to the songs and the, mm-hmm. you know, the, I mean, you know, about chords and, and things like that. And you just hit certain chords and you get that, that, that feeling. And, you know, sometimes it's like that when you, when you're going to, to heavy metal, when I try to explain to people who don't like heavy metal, you know, why would anyone like this? What's the, what's the draw to this music? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's the, it's the aggression and it's the, the power of it. And when you can turn that to heavenly things, it can have that type of an impact, you know, where it's like, you know, listening to, you know, seventies Christian, you know, Jesus music, that's wonderful and beautiful too. But when you have something that's trying to convey, you know, something powerful, and you have the music be powerful behind it, um, you know, a lot of times that can, can really make the point, you know, a little bit, a little bit better, I think. Mm-hmm. Not, to, not to diminish those other songs. I mean, some of them are amazingly beautiful, and I don't think I'd want to hear heavy metal versions of some songs, you know, but probably secretly I do. <laughs> I mean, I... I... Well, I'll I'll get to my experience when you're done. I I'm done. Oh, you are okay. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm hanging my... up now. See you later. Okay. Bye. You finish up the episode. I hope everybody enjoyed today's episode. No. no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Happy New Year, uh, everyone. Um, for me, uh, the first time I got surpri- really genuinely surprised by, but a fun Christmas song I think was uh, it was in the '80s, um. And I don't know if you remember Bob Rivers Comedy Corp. Uh, they had put out a Christmas album called A Twisted so. Christmas. And it was a bunch of Christmas regular Christmas carols intermixed with some songs that were just their own songs and a skit or two, like a visit from St. Nicholson. <laughs> um, but uh, specifically, there's a song called Wreck the Halls. 
uh, that they did. And it's very much in the style of Twisted Sister. Um, it's all about trashing the shopping mall during Christmas, um, which was almost prophetic if, prophetic if you uh, ever see later uh, Black Friday security cameras and stuff in Trans Waco. I guess it's not as funny. At the time, it was hilarious, and I thought it was uh, just fantastic. So that caught me off guard. My cousin Scott had shown that to me. He's like, you gotta check this out. Shout out to cousin Scott, yo. Nah, he doesn't know. He's listening to country now. But at the time, he was dabbling. He was, he was also the one who sneaked Iron Maiden on their, with their Fear of the Dark out set. When are we going to um, do our country episode? I can do a country episode. Um, but we're not going to do it right now, because I'm going to no. have to prep for that no. one. Um, well, it would just be like 90% Johnny Cash, and then the other 10% would be probably uh, a no. little bit more Johnny Cash. But... Uh, for for Steve and I, Steve and my uh, other podcast, we do uh, playing games with strangers. We made playlists for the characters we play, and for my character, the Keeper, my entire playlist I made for the country. So I I, I know me some country, um, but the on the Christian side of things, Christian music takes a lot to really catch me off guard, especially when it comes to extreme metal. But in two thousand two, because I'd always made the joke like what. What would a what would a what would a death metal Christian album Christmas album sound like? Well, in two thousand two, I found out about that when uh, the now defunct uh, record label Sounds of the Dead Records uh, put out a compilation album called A Brutal Christmas: The Season in Chaos. And I sent a copy of that to you, Steve. Did you get a chance to listen to that? I have not had a chance to listen to it yet. I've been no. busy, been busy. Yep. doing stuff. But you know, uh, stupidly. I put my headphones on and then I get busy. And then like three hours later, I'm like, oh, how come I haven't listened to anything? I'm <laughs> serious. It's so I've, stupid. I've done that. Um, like my ears hurt and I haven't mm-hmm. even like done anything. But <sighs> when that album came out, I literally spent years trying to get my hands on a copy. And I finally did like probably about seven years after the fact. And it was fantastic. It's hard to get a hold of now. Uh, What's it called? Uh, well, I sent it to you. It's in Dropbox. Oh, never mind. Um, but it, it introduced me to some bands that I had never heard before, like Frost, like Ashes, and uh, Death Requisite. Um, and it had a, a couple other bands on there that I'd heard before, like Heckle. Don't recommend listening to Heckle because they've since gone gone to become agnostic. Agnostic or no. Gnostic? Gnostic with a G. That's kind of hard to get from Christianity to Gnosticism. And yet they did that. <laughs> I mean, like the whole band became Gnostic. It's like, like They're... one guy I could see like, Hey guys, I'm really doing the Gnostic thing, but I'm like, I don't know. But, uh, it also introduced me to Chris, Christmas songs. I'd never heard of before, but it turned out they're traditional songs like the Coventry Carol, um, let all mortal flesh keep silence. Oh yeah. That's a beautiful one. Uh, well, Frost Like Ashes version wasn't, but that's fine. Uh, Okami Manual um, and Mary Did You Know. I didn't. I I had never heard that until this album. Really? Really? Oh, you didn't grow up as a teenager in the '80s around Christmas time because it was all over the place all the time. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. No, it's, it's, that, there there wasn't nothing to go ahead about. It's just there was a lot of stuff on there that was uh, interesting. Um, and it, it's not all like death metal. I mean, there's there's some new metal in there, some funk metal. But I mean, there's also some grindcore, 
Yeah. Definite um brutal death. Like the version of uh Little Drummer Boy on this is intense. I'll have to check that out. But uh it but that was a not only did that open my eyes for uh, different ways to have Christmas carols performed, but it also opened my eyes to to other traditions of Christmas carols, like the Coventry Carol. I had never heard of that before. Are you familiar with that one, Steve? I know the the title, but I couldn't hum you the song. <laughs> um, so it's a carol. Um, it's a Christmas song. I think I I want to say it dates back to um, the 1500s. Yeah, like it's it's an old song, uh, but it's it's actually about the uh, the slaughter of the innocents. I think that is what the, what it's called. Yeah. Uh, when King Herod had gone out to kill all the chil- all the male children below three years old, um, and uh, I I had I had no concept of like they made songs about that. Like every Christmas song I'd ever heard was like Jesus was born, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and so, but I mean, like it, it it broadened my horizons as far as like lyric writing for anything. It's just like, you don't have to address the main issues. There are side plots and characters that you can play with. I mean, I'm, I'm approaching it now from a, a storyteller standpoint. Like there are other ideas that you can mess with when it comes to Chris, Christmas music. I keep wanting to say Christian music, that too. Uh, but <laughs> like talking about that or, you know, people talk all the time about the Virgin Mary. Let's talk about Joseph and his experience with the whole nativity i mean how many songs do you know of that are about that yeah and so it really opened my eyes up to a lot of things um yeah did you ever encounter the it's it's not on spotify so (laughs) don't go searching for it but the when dc talk was huge and they were still rapping okay so free jesus Pre-Jesus Freak, let me see if I can get this the date actually. 1990, um, the company, the Forefront, was they were on the Forefront label, and they put out an album um, with other people who were on the Forefront label, like ETW, Stephen Wiley, The Transformation Crusade, D-Boy, MCGG, and um, and it was it it was Christmas and rap music together like for the first time except for you know run dmc and um and <laughs> the album is called yo ho ho get it pirate's life for me no no it's <laughs> yo ho ho as in ho 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 but yo because yo is I, I, yeah secret I, rap language I guess. Except when you say yo ho ho, I think pirate. That's of course, of course you do. Yeah, but um, there's there's some really exceptionally, um, let's just say different uh, takes on some some uh, songs that you um, you really didn't Dif- think could have anything to or do different with different crappy. Well, you know what? Just <laughs> I don't want to. You're veering towards different crappy, Steve. I'll just say, here's here's what the, the back of the, the album says, okay? It says, so here's the deal. It's Christmas and rap is happening. 
in happening with a it's there's no G. It's happening. 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 Yo ho ho is in your face. Ha, you have let's see, I think there's a word missing here. Have always wondered what Christmas would be with a hip MC. Well here it is. Yo ho ho features your favorite Christian rappers coming correct for Christmas. Chill out, wrap it up. Get get it? See they did a little little fun wrap it up there. Like this is so cringeworthy right now. <laughs> like I know, it's it's like the cringeworthiest thing that it's it's I mean it's so I mean just DC Talk singing yo ho ho as a Christmas thing. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, but I can't it, it, it just the but here's the problem though. If you put it in the context of the time period it was put out, that oh, was the lingo. It was, it, yeah, that would have been like the it was thing. dope. Yeah. It was hype. It was funky fresh. Funky fresh. It was it was chillin'. It was chill, chill. Chill is still a word though, right? Yeah, but it doesn't mean the same thing. No. Um I will say though, recent in recent years, the one one two click, I think is what they're called. One one six. One one six, that's it. Steve's hipper than I am. I'm dope. Um, <laughs> uh they recently put out a Christmas <laughs> album as well on Reach Records. Um, okay. So uh we'll come back to that one in another thirty years to see how well that age how well that aged and I'm thinking it might age better than this one. You think so? Yeah. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Um Mary well, Had a Little Lamb by MC Gigi. Mary Had a Little Lamb, get it? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh but here here's the thing though. Um rock music ages like a fine wine. Um rap music tends to age like milk <laughs> a, a fine milk <laughs> i don't think it matters at this point and that's not a dig on rap music i love rap music, but you know i have to set i have to calibrate myself before i sit down and listen to some run dmc you yeah know I mean? yeah i mean that well i mean the whole thing with there was so much sampling going on for like the first 20 years of rap and then someone just said okay no one's going to sample anything anymore and then like no one sampled anything for the longest time i'm generalizing here and it's like and and now people sample stuff again and i'm like because you can do that because i mean it's and it's like living through that time it was weird because it was like someone just slammed the door on any samples and no one wanted to sample anything after Vanilla Ice had to go to court, you know, to to get his sample of of, of uh, you know David Bowie and Queen. And it was like no one wanted to get into trouble, so everyone was doing like their own music and stuff, which mm-hmm. you know for for good or bad. I mean, we could go into that if you really wanted to, but you know there was some good, so there was some bad. But it was just like I really dug getting to know other bands and other music through the samples, you know. And seeing people's influences and seeing how it could be combined. And, you know, I mean, Public Enemy, you know, their their lyrics are not God-honoring. They're controversial. We'll say they're, they're controversial. <laughs> Controversy in the rap world. And, uh, but lyric, uh, musically, I could sit there and listen to the music, 
all day because it's it's just so deep and you know how the bomb squad just took every type of genre of music and i mean they sampled slayer and you know channel zero i mean it's it's like it's they didn't care who you were sampling it's just it was music to them and and they wanted to to bring that to the point where they could make a new art form out of it and uh you know stuff like that but then you know it's it's just it's it is it is what it is it's it's this lame saying but to think about going back to those times and reproducing and recreating you know all that stuff you know how grandmaster flash could Mm -hmm. do what he did with two turntables you know it's like wait a minute how did you do that well and that's Um, just the thing though a lot a lot of modern artists are starting to go back to that mm -hmm. um like bruno mars with uptown funk that's got a very 80s hip-hop soul feel to it um tech nine uh i know you're a big tech nine i I like tech seven and eight tech six a little bit but tech nine i really haven't dug (laughs) got that into much much i i'm waiting for tech 10 we got the chance. Uh, tech 11 though will be go ahead i'm just joking no you're fine uh the thing about it though is tech 9 he had a uh he had a recent hit um trying to look it up as i'm talking because the name of it escaping me that's um, a good name for a song escaping me that'd be a rap song for sure um it was off of planet so it was back in 2018 it was uh don't nobody want none and that had a very 808 um sequencer feel like i ex- it, it was it was uh music you would expect to see some somebody in an adidas tracksuit come out with a, <laughs> with a cardboard box and just start doing flares and, and pinwheels on it you know break dancing nice and it's just like i for as as hard it is as it is for me to go back to the old stuff like that when modern groups take that and try to update it with a with a a more modernized feel to it i am so here for it what this has to do with christmas music i don't know but i that was that was, that was a rabbit yo ho ho i was here for yo ho ho yeah so is there has there been anything i would say in to, to, to bring it back around to the topic of the episode has there been anything in recent years that you can recall that has like because i mean you've been around long enough to to have seen you know the world war two world war one okay <laughs> uh, well Str- striper with uh reason for the season was fantastic right i mean but you, you you've, you've been around it uh, long enough to see the metal bands bust out the christmas music and and stuff like that has there been anything that has kind of caught you off guard within recent years that you I, I would never have expected to have seen uh rob halford's christmas album you're kidding i didn't even know about this <laughs> i think he has two of them now really yeah I which not. is odd because you know without getting into the the problematic lifestyle of rob halford you wouldn't expect him to have a a softness for the you know the, the christmas uh season but here you are you know <laughs> <laughs> listening to Rob Halford singing, you know, hymns to, to baby Jesus, um, you know, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and uh, I would Light of the World. Sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. That would be, was it good? Well, it's, it's, it's Rob Halford. I mean, he still has his voice. Yeah, he 
he'll, he, he has taken care of it. Yeah. Um, is it better than, does he do it better than D Snyder? I'd have to, I'd have to listen to both of them next to each other. Um, not to take anything away from D Snyder, but his voice is, his voice is, is more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, when I think of, of Rob Halford, it's, I mean, it's, it's, that's, it's, it's that. Rob Halford's is more refined. It's, it's a refined scream where D Snyder's is more of a, like a face. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. Um, and I mean, like I said, he, he, um, I think D Snyder has a, a deeper, a, a, a better range of voices that he puts into his songs. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Halford, and I'm not taking anything away from Rob Halford's voice, but I mean, he, he sticks with what he knows. You know, he, he does the couple of things that he does and does them extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's just one of those things where you wouldn't have ex- I mean, it, like slayers christian album you wouldn't expect that no you know? <laughs> so if if they did something like that you would you would just be like okay this is something that is it's it's offensive you know just because <laughs> just because, because of who they exists. are just because of who they are you know or you know like ghost or marilyn manson if they tried to do a, a, a christmas song you would hear the the venom in it you know the vitriol and you know with with rob halford he's he wants to sing christmas songs Mm -hmm. and that's what he does Mm um let me check one thing because i don't know if yeah i haven't heard this i have i heard this i'm not sure but uh christopher lee actually has a heavy metal christmas album christopher lee I did know that he did a he he's done a few heavy metal albums. I didn't know he did a Christmas album, but yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Knowing the guy, he, you could say he did anything. Yeah, and it wouldn't shock me. Christopher Lee is probably one of the most interesting people who have ever walked. Yeah, well, one yeah. of the one of the songs off of off of his Christmas album is uh, "Jingle Hell." <laughs> so. You know, take take it for what it's worth with him. You, I don't, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not advertising any of these. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the listeners out there who aren't familiar with who Christopher Lee was, he'd be one of the four people I'd put on the Mount Rushmore of these. Uh, yeah. He's up, he's up there with Vincent Price and, uh, Bela Peter, Lugosi. Uh, hmm? Bela Lugosi. No, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put him up there. Really? Bela Lugosi did Dracula and pretty much nothing else to remark on after that. And he did Dracula and like 28 other things. Mm. Uh, he was also <laughs> in Plan 9 from Outer Space for all of five minutes. Um, As Dracula. <laughs> uh, but I would put Bela Lugosi, um, uh, you Morris Karloff, Christopher Lee. Uh, not, did I say Bela Lugosi again? Yeah, but I, I, I knew you didn't Price. mean him. Yeah, I meant Vincent Price, Christopher Lee. Uh, Boris Karloff and uh, Michael Peter... Jackson. No, <laughs> I always forget the guy's last name, and it's driving me nuts. What is he? Uh, what did he do? Peter. Peter. Uh, he was in Star Wars as uh, uh, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Thank you. Yep. Uh, he. You know, My favorite Doctor Who. He was a doctor. He was a doctor. Uh, in the movies, they oh, did okay. a couple of movie Doctor Who's that don't have anything to do with. Well. I don't know what it, what the canon is like now because I think they opened it up 
and made like every single iteration of Doctor Who that ever existed an actual Doctor Who that existed in the actual canon. Hmm. I think that's what they did. So they may have like, you know, backdoored, you know, all these other people who, who did Doctor Who in. Hmm. Um, but at the time, Doctor Who was just this other thing out there. And they were like, hey, we want to make a movie. Hey, that Doctor Who TV show is interesting. Why don't we make a couple of movies out of that guy? And then it just became the phenomenon that it is. Hmm. But uh, just one of those weird things. Yeah, Peter Cushing. Yeah, I always forget his name. I always want to call him Peter Lorre, and I know that's wrong. Peter um, Lorre is is another amazing actor that I might yeah, put. I I don't uh, know that I would put him on my Rushmore. Have you heard him do? Uh, it's an old time radio version of the Horla by no. Guy de Maupassant. Do you, do you do you know the Horla? Mm-mm. Oh man, classic horror by a classic short story horror writer slash in the middle there done by peter laurie i don't want to ruin it for you so i'll send you a link All right. to the one that i'm talking about because i think he might have done it more than one time and i want to make sure it's the right one because absolutely i mean mind-blowing ending to how he anyway um but anyway yeah peter laurie i would i would say what this has to do with christmas music i guess well, it goes back to christopher lee Right. I was, I was, I was, I was trying to give some clarification to our listeners about why Christopher Lee would create a song called Jingle Hell or. Right. Um, because it, you know, he, he has his fan base of work. Right. Uh, just to throw a little context out there. Good gosh, that guy. Did you know he was actually at the, at the last public execution in Europe? Christopher Lee was? Mm Mm-hmm. It was the last public beheading by a guillotine. In like 1930-something? Something like that. Yeah. The guy, was, I, I the, guy, the guy was a Nazi hunter post-World War II. He was... Uh, seriously, listeners out there, if, if you get a chance, go read up about Christopher Lee. That guy is super interesting. But uh, getting back to Christmas music again. It, 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 it's kind of interesting though, because this conversation has gone everywhere except for where I expected it to having this conversation with you. Because typically you're the guy who's going to be like, well, actually, did you know back in 14, whatever, when they wrote this, it actually signified that blah, blah, blah. And so I was, expe- I, you know, I, I, you're kind of catching me off guard with all these uh, non-historical facts you're bringing to the table today. <laughs> what? What? what, what? What were you expecting exactly? I don't know, man. You're like you're like the deep theologian when it comes to music, and I figured Christmas music. You'd open up your wings and let me tell you something about Christmas. <laughs> well, I mean, it's in some ways it's it's nice to turn on the radio, and you know, every you know, one out of every five or ten songs actually has a positive reference to Jesus or, you know, something biblical, you know, even if it's, you know, we three Kings or, you know, (laughs) something like that. But it's, it's, it's the glut of Christmas music that you never hear again after, you know, the, the single is done, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. It's listening to, I mean, we brought up old time radio. I listened to a lot of, Christmas episodes of old time radio shows and they put together this wonderful, beautiful song 
that has to do with Christmas, and they have their tenor sing it, and everyone claps and you know tears in their eyes, and people you know oh that's a such a wonderful song, and for whatever reason they didn't put it out as a single, it didn't get put on any albums, and it disappeared, and the only time you'll hear it is if you listen to an entire episode of Old Time Radio, and then you hear the song, and I'm like. There's some beautiful, beautiful music that no one is ever in any quantity going to hear. And at some level, I'm like, why doesn't someone, not me, because <laughs> I, I don't have that much time. Why doesn't someone go into these Christmas episodes and just rip out those little two-minute, three-minute songs? I can tell you why. Why? Right. There's no copyrights to them. It's all-time radio. All-time radio is copyrighted, my dude. It is. It may be copyrighted, but wherever the copyright lies, nobody knows. So if it's copyrighted, then nobody is claiming the copyright, except for a couple of things, like obviously Superman is still under you know DC, and The Shadows, the shadows Condi Nast has that. Um, so there's a couple of things you can't have, but other than that, the Jack Benny shows, the, you know, uh, Frank Sinatra. I mean, you know, so these huge names of people that are still around today and these episodes are out there just waiting for someone to do something with them. And, you know, it, it, it's one of those legal gray areas, but the gray area is so, so shaded white that it's like barely gray at all. Mm -hmm. And at some points you're just looking at it saying, is that gray or is it just white? You know, it's like that dress. Is it gray or white? I'm not remember the gray, dress, sir. Remember the gray and white dress? There was an internet dress or something. And then someone's had a word that sounded something. Anyway, we can fix this in post. Anyway, <laughs> so, but there's a ton of stuff that's still out there that nobody i mean just to to try to make a claim for it would be sort of outrageous sort of ridiculous and as soon as one person would be like you know oh i'm you know jack benny's third great grandchild or something well the second great great grandchild is going to sue you for it. and then the first great grandchild and then the fourth one and then you're going to get all these and it's like who really you know owns this stuff and the people who, who put it out, I mean, there are some people who clean them up and package them and sell them, and that's, that's cool. But the raw stuff is out there in thousands of hours, tens of thousands of hours of this stuff that it's the theater of the mind. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to, you can drive around in a car. I, was, I had it on, in my bus, you know, for the people who were sitting there with nothing else to do except to twiddle their thumbs or look on their phones. And they were digging it, you know, it was Abbott and Costello and one guy was laughing his head off. And, and I mean, just these old episodes and you can see them play out in your head. You know, you hear the thump, 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 thump. Oh, someone's coming down from upstairs mm -hmm. and you, you can immediately picture it. You know, it's like the kitchen table. And I mean, the, the whole thing, it's, it's like, you don't even need a TV screen. Just well, a lot. And a lot of that's starting to come back though, with uh, the whole, with the whole podcast culture um yeah. podcast podcasting is kind of the new otr at this point yeah because you have the talk programs like they had in the otr you got yep. you know, dramatized editorial. 
Yeah. There's and there's dramatized dramatized stuff out there. Uh, you know, you and me are involved with uh uh supersonic pod comics. Yeah. Um and Branson then... on the Geek Devotion Network, he's uh started up a, a gospel by gaslight, um, which I am also involved in. Um, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, there... let's it's like when Queen put out Radio Gaga mm-hmm. and it was talking about how you know, all the radio just seems like gaga, you know, it's just nonsense nowadays. Obviously they were hyperbolizing, but at one point they, uh, how does the lyrics go? It was, it was, uh, um, I haven't heard it in such a long time, but it's a beautiful song. All I uh, remember is all we hear is radio, radio, radio gaga. gaga, radio, blah, blah. And then it says at one point in the song, it, it mentions that the best is still to come. That like, there's something out there for radio mm-hmm. for, the, or that art form and he's talking about old time radio mm-hmm. he's not talking about the you know and he's, he's talking about nowadays where it's just all sports and you know there's tons and tons of music but it's like how many music stations can you possibly you know listen to and 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 what was coming obviously he he didn't know but what was coming i you know when i listen to that song now i'm like yes this is what was coming this is the new old time radio. This is the new version of it mm-hmm. where, you know, it, it's not on the radio, but it's, it's the same, like you said, same type of content, some for better and some for worse. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's a lot for worse, but, <laughs> but, um, it's, and it's, it's, it is kind of sad because I searched a website recently and it was like, you know, best, podcasts that type of stuff and and it listed a whole bunch of different kinds and you know all these different stuff and i I downloaded a whole bunch of them like the first episodes and i was like wildly unimpressed which was it was sad because it's like this is what people are they think is is the best and i could easily point them to old-time radio shows that would blow this out of the water in multiple ways but um, I think a I, lot of people. I think a lot of people jump into it without realizing how much work goes into making it. You gotta yeah. have the music. You got to have the foley. You got to have you know everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The whole package. And back then, you had one person, or you know, maybe a small team doing the sound effects. You had a, a you know ten or twenty piece orchestra doing the sound. You know, you had this. And people on the payroll, <laughs> people were making money. Paid what? <laughs> Who gets paid to do this? That's right. So you know, unless you have all that stuff ready to go, it's it's difficult. It really is. And getting people to be interested in your idea mm-hmm. without them getting paid, yeah, yeah, it's like a mm-hmm. crowbar to the head. Yeah, we should. How fast can you write a script? It depends on the, what do you want to, what do you want to do? We should, we should, uh, we should make a OTR, uh, Christmas, Christmas, uh, uh, script, have the people in the geek devotions team do it. I actually, did you hear this? Did, you, you've heard every single strangers and aliens, right? Yeah. Now, whether or not I remember every single episode is completely different. But do you remember the one that I did? It was a Christmas parody of the shadow. I think so. I, I remember Santa you Claus? guys have done a couple. You guys have done a couple OTR scripts. But this was I wrote the script, mm-hmm. and it was like the shadow was actually Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, instead of uh, Margot Lane, it was Candy Cane. So it was like little puns and things like that. And um, it was just like an eight minute script. Um, so I have done that before. But yeah, we could, if you want to, we could kick something around and we could put something out. Nah, Steve, just put it together. I'll, 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 I'll cast it and we'll get on it because we're at the point now where we got to, we got to crank that puppy out. Well, what's, what, I mean, give me some particulars. Well, is what, comedy, let's, let's horror, wait. superheroes, all let's, of the above? Let's wait until after we're done recording. Because... Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> um, so let's 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 start to land this plane a little bit, and and uh... <laughs> it's usually how it goes with us because we like <laughs> we like to talk and we like to talk a lot. Um, what? No. <laughs> um. So let 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 let's let's bring this back to a similar question to what we started with in. If Steve was going to define what the perfect Christmas song was, what would be necessary for what, what would be necessary for that song? The perfect Christmas song. Mm-hmm. I actually have one in mind. Um, what's that? Uh, now you can't just say that without telling me. It's uh, what's the name of the band? I'm gonna search real quick just so I don't get the name of the band wrong. I know the name of the song. By the Ball Brothers, it's a song called "It's About the Cross," mm. and it's 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 not all about the baby underneath the tree. It's not all about the, and it it talks about all the things that it's not about, and then it gives the gospel, the gospel, which is missing in nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine out of a million songs about Christmas, mm-hmm. and this one actually has the gospel in it, you know, and it's, it's touching. It's well done. It's acapella and it's a beautiful Christmas song and it's a beautiful Christian song and it's a beautiful gospel song. And it's just amazing. You know, how many songs, you know, all I want for Christmas or, you know, what's under the tree or mommy kissing Santa Claus or, you know, all these different things that they're fun and they're funny, but they, they pull away from, Mm-hmm. what is going on? What's right. the big deal about this baby 2000 years ago being born? You know, it's like, what's the big deal? The big deal is, you know, 30 some odd years later when he dies for everybody's sins, Right. you know? And it's like, what? I have sin. What does sin mean? Well, it <laughs> there's two places you go when you die. This can be heaven and it can be hell. And he saves you from that. He's the only person who can do that. Repentance and faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And it's like this beautiful song just brings it right out. It's like every Christmas, I'm like, I want to listen to that song and just have it on repeat the entire time because what other song has the actual gospel in it? I will mirror your concept although i didn't think about it until you were talking because i don't think the song has ever been seen as a christmas song until i was listening to you and then i started thinking about the gospel presentation in that and i will say that this one goes the other direction and it and it, and it lays into the prophetic side of the birth of christ a little bit harder than it does the cross um and it's a rich mullen song called my deliverer i think you're I'll familiar check with that, that out. song i, I don't know if I have. It. it was off of his uh album that was released post-mortem 
the Jesus album. Um, it wasn't sure record- I have that one. It wasn't recorded by Rich Mullins because he died after he demoed it out. And, okay. And, and then who, it, was who did the, it? it was basically the album that all his friends recorded. Right. And Which is a it, cool concept. Mm-hmm. And it was the first track on there. I think you, you got to have heard it because when that album came out, it was all over. It's it's the one where it's like my deliverer is coming, my deliverer is standing by. That song. I've I've probably heard it, but I did not listen to a lot of Christian radio in the nineties. Mm. So uh, there's there's a lot that I missed. I actually put together on Spotify a um a like a, a whole list of nineties music where mm-hmm. I'm like researching it and finding these cool bands and these cool albums and stuff. And I put it all into one big thing. And the, the name of the, 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 uh, the, the playlist, mm-hmm. see, see if you get it. The name of the playlist is D D D D D D D D D. Get it? Cause there's nineties. Oh, nineties, nineties. Oh. Anyway, you can search for it that way if you really want to, but it just has, it's it's a dump list right now. It's like I haven't, you know, preened the list or anything like that. There's a couple of songs I think I listened to and I got rid of, um, but there's a lot of stuff in there. I just put it on when I just want to get that 90s sense to whatever, I'm, you know, however I'm thinking, whatever. And uh, there's some really good stuff in there. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at how much stuff I missed in the 90s mm. when it comes to like pop and rock and things like that because i was just so into genre heavy music i was into you know techno and rap and and uh, metal and punk and you know all the the hard stuff or the the deep stuff and like the jars of clay i mm-hmm. was just like Whoa. but now i'm listening to them i'm like okay i get it it's like petra for the 90s all right now i okay <laughs> sort of a little bit but um yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Also, uh, if anyone's interested, I made a list of, and this is something that I do. I, I really enjoy older music, so I have lists of uh, songs that are you know hundred year old jazz, hundred year old blues, hundred year old uh, uh, hymns, things like that, and um, I have a whole thing with classical music too, 100 year old overtures 100 year old symphonies 100 year old concerti 100 year old suites baroque um and they're all recordings that were made 100 years ago or close to it with the Mm -hmm. classical music i found some stuff that's so good closer to the 1950s that like i sneak in 40s and early 50s but you know for the most part they're 100 year old stuff and i found some albums some not albums but they were single records that were 78s a lot of people you're going to have to explain this to them but Mm. the records you buy nowadays are 33 and a third talks about the revolutions per minute for the actual album the 45s yeah what yeah it's the 45s are the small ones that's 45 revolutions per minute and then they made these older records called 78s which are 78 revolutions per minute and this is massively boring that's why i'm just cutting to the chase these songs were put on 78 records and they were they somehow made their way onto spotify so i have you know auld lang syne by von monroe and his orchestra it's the 78 rpm version you know and it's just big band stuff or you Mm -hmm. know and some of the songs are stuff you 
I've never heard of, and I've heard a lot of stuff, you know, and I mean, or not heard of in a long time. Hello, Mr. Kringle. It doesn't snow on Christmas Day. Um, you know, but then it has some classics, Jingle Bells, Came Upon a Midnight Clear, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. And, um, you know, I found 30 records, 30 songs that w- were put out on 78s, and I just put them into a, it's an hour and a half Christmas list, so, you know, it's not a lot of heavy lifting there. But, um, and it's just a fun list that I put together. I have another one that's Sinatra, just, mm-hmm. you know, Sinatra on 78. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things where these older styles of music, there's still something to them where you get the entire group of people and they practice and practice and practice to a point where they can't get the song wrong. And then they go into the studio and then they record it, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like nowadays, that's not how most bands record. I guess some yeah. do, but you know, it's, it's, you know, you record that the guitar riff a hundred times and then you take the best one, mm-hmm. you know, here you go. This is, everyone has to be on the entire time. Oh yeah. And it's, it can be some amazing music. I mean, it's the it, same thing it was, with the old time radio stuff. It's, it's, they're live. Everything is live. Yeah. Back, you know? back in that day, it was very much like what you saw on the movie. Oh brother, where art thou? Where it's just, you sing right. into the can. Yep. And there, so. sometimes it was a can. Yeah. So yep. let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and land this ship. Uh, Steve, I thought we started you do, to do that a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, but you got on some interesting information and I didn't want to, I didn't want to break that. Uh, why don't you go ahead and send me the link, some of the links to those playlists that you got on Spotify. We'll put those in the show notes so the listeners can hear uh, those lists if they're interested. Um, I will also include the link to the playlist I am making for the geek devotions family. Uh, so if you guys want to hear the, the uh, irregular christmas music please uh check that out uh, steve where can people find you on the internet right here i'm right he- i'm right here <laughs> uh where can they find me on the internet you mean like um my email address well, whatever information you want to share as far as other podcasts or if, if uh, well, strangers and aliens, you. strangers and aliens, but it's my email address is just long and confusing. So I, I don't give it to a lot of people. I guess if someone really wanted to contact me and it's probably going to put you into my spam folder. So if you contact me, try to contact me, just contact me on Facebook, right? No, yeah. I hardly ever look at Facebook. Well, I look at it about every week because we record every, every week or every other week. That's mm-hmm. about the only time I ever go on. So yeah, just find me on Facebook, Steve McDonald. Um, you could also put in, let me just check to make sure this is still accurate information. I think you can put in, um, okay, it's Facebook. Oh no, it's even more confusing. Why am I so confusing? <clears throat> anyway. Because, because you're Steve and it's what you do. Anyway, do it, it, it's, it's, um, I'm one of the Steve McDonald's there and Facebook. I'll, I'll just give my, my email address in case someone really wanted to contact me, but I'm going to say it and then I'm going to spell it because it's long and stupid, just like me. So uh, it's Steve and Krista at me.com, which is no spaces, no dots or anything. S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-C-H-R-I-S-T-A at M-E dot C-O-M. So that's the whole thing spelled out. And as far as my contacts, uh, you can check the link tree link in the show notes, uh, specific 
specifically if you want to check out some stuff that st- other stuff that steve and i do together uh feel free to check us out at playing games with strangers which is an actual play D podcast that we do uh, with some other members of the geek devotions team as well as other members of the supersonic pod comics team which is an audio drama that steve and i also are involved in uh so go check that out as well those are my two that i do per episode so we want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of primitive rhythm machine this is the music portion of the com talk uh podcast division of geek devotions network the network devoted to letting you know that you are loved so if you get nothing else out of this episode just know that you are loved you are cared for and you have purpose for your life i'm i am john that is steve you've been listening to primitive rhythm machine Thanks for listening. Good night.